Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. Hello. Yo. Can you hear me? Yeah. So you got coronavirus yet? I don't think it's... You know what? I I feel like I'm living in a post-joking world. I actually think... I'm actually taking it slightly, like, pretty seriously. What? And I feel like we ought to take it some... I don't think it's a thing we should joke about. I do feel like it's a little bit not a thing that we should joke about or make light of. It is, like, actually a huge deal. It, I, I, agree I don't have a take on this that is funny, I also. So, like, we, we'd be really plumbing the depths of, of just not funniness. Uh, I, have, I have a joke about it, but I won't tell it because it's, it's a little dark. I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't, I, I, um, I'm really over the takes of like, I'm really over takes. I'm really over just, just people and, and their silly opinions on stuff. And I think it's like a serious thing and, and like an over, like joking about it a lot is makes it easier to cope. And there are definitely like humor is a way to cope with things for sure. And I, I respect that, but I also don't have, I don't have anything funny to say because I feel like you'd have to not care about it to be truly funny about it and i do care about it and so it's i don't you know what i mean like i i don't i don't have it i don't have anything funny this is a rough yeah. start this is a rough, this is I not think, a good start to the no, show it's, i think it's okay i i mean there are a lot of a lot of people out there being affected by this so i think it's okay to send our our best wishes to everybody and hope that they're happy healthy and safe yeah and and just you know take care of each other y'all like yeah. this is this is not good. This is this is these are this is not uh it's not overplayed. People are not uh being alarmist. Like this is a serious thing. Like take care of each other. This isn't just gonna go away. I guess is part of it. Yeah. So anywho I think we got a good three months ahead of us that are gonna be rough. Yeah, I think minimum. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's 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 this this is serious business, y'all. Anywho. How was Lostar? Oh, you were sick the whole answer. time. I was sick the whole time. Um, Topical. I have a little Topical bit of a cough reference. left. Yeah. Uh, so the live episode's funny. They they took a picture during the episode and tweeted it. And of course, it's the picture where I'm I have my head pointed straight up at the ceiling because I'm like just trying to breathe and <laughs> contain myself. It was pretty bad. Just holding um, it all together. Yeah. Uh, shortly after that. Uh, episode. I just went to my room, went to sleep. Uh, that and, seems good, and dealt with fever for a couple of days. But um, yeah, it was probably good for me to get out. I tried not to shake anybody's hand <coughs> the whole time I was there. I, I kept poking my elbow out and like having people not even fist bump, but like bump my mm-hmm. elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, the the conference was pretty awesome. There were some really good talks. Um, and the ones that I missed, I'm I'm looking forward to to being able to watch them online. Um, I really want to see uh, Samuel Mullins talk on telemetry. I heard good things, and uh, and I like Samuel. He's from here in KC, so he's a, he's got. I've said over and over, he has the best blog posts. But you have to like to read if you're going to read his blog posts. He does. They're, I've they're read long. some of his blog posts. They are <laughs> they're they're they're, they're uh, tomes. Yes. Thoroughly researched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. a lot of blog posts out there, including ones that I usually do. They're like kind of just get the bare minimum out there. Mm-hmm. I um just being honest, mm-hmm. I'm not a very good writer. And so I keep my blog posts incredibly short because uh they already betray my sort of like like how bad I am at writing. And if they go on for too long, then it's going to become very clear that I really have no idea what I'm... That I am a dog in a human suit uh, <laughs> typing on a computer. <laughs> and just I, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I like your blog posts. You always have really good uh, images and and stuff that help, help move that along. Keynote. All keynote. Keynote is beautiful. It's really good. It's just like really good. I mean, if you're going to pick a tool... Keynote is a tool. It's a good tool. I like it. So hopefully uh, they'll they'll take out all of our sniffles and coughs. No, I mean whatever. I mean, this is just this is the world we live in now. Yeah, that's true. I bet the two people that I have in my office today 
are uh, really happy that I'm over here coughing. I'm sure. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they love it. <laughs> Do they get like hazard pay for that? Do you, well, no. Do you pay them at all? I don't. Do you just have them there for decoration? Like, what's going on? I have them here for decoration. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> One of them is is my, the intern. So the intern it's, gets paid. It's like how uh, it's like how San Francisco consulting companies always have like giant open office spaces because when they bring clients there, they need those clients to understand that those people are working. Right. That's a major part. That's a major part of selling yourself uh, as a consultancy is demonstrating that you do actually work. Right. So that's what I do. I invite people Mm. who don't work at my company into my office so that when I take pictures, it looks like we're we're bigger and more busy than we are. Yeah. You want to create the illusion of, 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 of size and busyness. Thanks Johnny for being my illusion of size and busyness. That's a, that's important. (laughs) That's a key part of business is, uh, is marketing and brand (laughs) marketing and brand and brand brand. Um, so what's going on in your in your uh, elixir world lately? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any, if I, if I'm doing anything interesting right now. Uh, I I feel like I'm continually just you know working on metrics and working on more tracing stuff and working on tying libraries together. It's like a lot of uh, it's a lot of just busy mechanical work. That's the sort of my the thing I'm working on right now. It's just a lot of mechanical work. It's a lot of stuff that just needs to be done. I feel like I'm in a mode where uh, I truly believe that if I just write enough code, I can solve some of these problems. Nice. Uh, which may be delusional. The jury is out on that one. But uh, I think you're allowed to be the, delusional. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't mean I'm allowed to be whatever I want to be. <laughs> but I think a lot of our, a lot of the stuff that like we're dealing with right now for, for work is really like, uh, to to use a a topical phrase, uh, it's blocking and tackling, which I'm led to believe is not about police but about football. Um, <laughs> that's that's what uh, as far as I understand. Uh, so <laughs> that took me a it, moment. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently that statement is uh, has a lot to do with fundamentals. You've got to get the fundamentals right. And I think one of the downsides of being in a niche language. Um, is that you know someone has to create that crap, and we take that for granted a lot. If you're coming from a link like a really like a JavaScript or a Ruby or something, something that has like a ton of people and uh, mm-hmm. a long lineage, uh, you take for granted all the like little things that you just don't have to wire up. Um, where we don't have that, we don't have that right uh, in Elixir, and so it's like, well, if you want something, it's got to get done. You got to build it. So you better go start forking libraries and submitting pull requests and hope that maintainers want to accept it and hope that you can move some of this stuff forward and like hope you can tie it all together. Like, um, so I've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing so, just like running around and adding wh- little things to libraries. What are some of those those things that are are block and tackle basics that that you think libraries need to add? Oh, I, mean, I got I got one. I mean, telemetry observability stuff. Yeah, I mean that's great that's in every library. One. Yeah, I mean a lot of library. Well, and the the real thing with telemetry right now is it's still just so up in the air about what events libraries should emit, um, mm-hmm. how they should emit them, how they're going to play well with other things. And there's like ongoing discussions about this, none of which I have anywhere close to the emotional energy to get involved in. Yeah, and so I just surround myself with people who are involved in that, and then when things aren't good, I complain to them. Or when I don't like a decision, I complain to them. But I mean, with no hopes that like it'll change, just just because I need to complain. I tr- I tried to get somebody for you to complain to today. I tried to get Brian Negley on today, but uh, he had a observability working group meeting yeah, with for see, the that's RLF. The thing, is they're there complaining right now about stuff that uh, I told them to complain about. Well, hopefully, hopefully somebody fixes it then. The well, I mean, it's it's, not even, it's a thing that like uh, Brian said this. It's a thing that uh, you know a grand total of ten people are ever going to see, including like the two of us. And so, it's probably not going to get changed. <laughs> oh, well. it's, which is fine. And the thing is, is like that's great. I mean, I don't expect. I, I don't really expect that all libraries in Elixir are are going to have like already adopted telemetry and understand like what events they need to do, what events they need to emit, and all that kind of junk. Like I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that at all. That's just like part of being in this ecosystem. 
Uh, and I don't have any real problem adding that stuff, but it just means adding it. And it's, and it is a little bit like right now, like, you know, if I can just add it all, eventually all this stuff will just work. Right. The third um, library that you add it to, it starts to get a little tedious. Yeah, but that's fine. It is what it is. And yeah. that's, that's part of my role at BR these days is like making sure everybody else doesn't have to do this crap. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, hopefully some of that trickles back out into the world um, is not good for everybody. Like I hope anyway, I hope it's good for, for all of the, you know, everybody else who's building systems. So that feels good. But a lot of it's just like, yeah, it's just generic, you know, tying together libraries. And none of it's like interesting in a problem solving kind of way. It's all just mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like the interesting problem of like telemetry and stuff has, has kind of been solved and now it's just adding it everywhere. Yeah. Well, takes... I'm getting everybody to do it the same to some degree because oh, that's, that's true. It's, it's not even the same, but you know, there are conventions that help consumers of telemetry events do things like add tracing add APM support, add, you know, whatever, whatever mm. the case may be, right? Uh, and so it's just getting, it's like right now I'm working with um, Andrea to get to add telemetry or to change the way that telemetry or Redis, uh, the Redis, his uh, Redis adapter does telemetry events. Uh, and so, you know, it's just because we need that to be able to do tracing, to make tracing like seamless. Yeah, the, um, the event names themselves, I think are are really important to try to get kind of a standard ish across the community. Like start and stop seems to be the standard for like, if you're timing something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but I've seen it a couple places where it's like start and finish or uh, begin and end. And so if you have multiple of those libraries out there, it, there's a lot of cognitive overhead whenever you're like, uh, which one of those was it again? Right. Well, and you know, so, I mean, I, I think that's, it's a, it's a, that's definitely a problem. Like discoverability is still a problem. We talked about this before, mm -hmm. but actually to be honest, that's the names themselves are less of a problem, although it's annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the convention, right? Like not every library emits a start and a stop, whatever you want to call it. A right. lot of libraries just emit stop. Um, and if you're doing tracing, what that means is that you then have to retroactively um, build the trace correctly. And that can be really cumbersome because traditionally what you'll do is like start a trace and then finish a trace. Uh, mm. Like you emit those as different events. Yeah. But you can't do that if all you get is like stop. And so at that point, then you got to go back and like fake it. And then it doesn't interleave with all the other traces that you're emitting necessarily because time warping and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's like a whole thing. So in any case, you know, I think a lot of good will come from just people adopting similar semantic conventions, even if they don't always name the stuff the same way. And, and that's fine. I mean, I don't know. But again, like all this is like, to be honest, like a lot of it's like pretty boring. Like it's just mechanical. Yeah. Well, and I, th I think there's a, a big thing too of if you have a function in your library that's going to emit some events, adding that to the documentation for that function or that module, whatever, because that, I see not happening. So then I have to dig to figure out what mm -hmm. events are going on. It'd be really nice if somebody could figure out how to build something in that would automatically figure that out while doing documentation, while documentation's being built. I yeah, don't know how feasible think, that is. Yeah. Some of it is and some of it isn't. And, and it also has to play with Erlang. I don't know. It's a whole week. It's a, it's a weird thing. And like, to be honest, it's, it's just more emotional energy and mental energy that I than I have to understand to even like work out all those problems. Like I just don't have enough context and my brain is unwilling to gain the context necessary to think about what <laughs> the solutions would look like because it's just not interesting enough to me. And, and it's not interesting enough. Like, and it's like largely political, like, cause you got to talk, it's like, got, it's got a working group. I don't have right. time for that. Like, I'm so happy that other people have time for that and the energy to go to go discuss that. I super don't. Well, and, I, I and really, the whole idea behind the working group is really just to get some kind of standard, like the stuff that we've been talking about that needs to get done. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're like they're in there trying to figure out together because there's there's people from 
from all the different languages of the beam in there trying to get some semblance of structure between the languages so we can have some interoperability with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad that they're doing that. But th- I think... Uh, Thank you. I just want to tell them thank you because that see that would be yeah, exhausting. I don't want to do with that. That sounds yeah. that sounds annoying. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, as much as I want to give back, maybe that's not the way that I give back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I built a chatbot framework recently, and that's the way I'm giving back because that's nice. Way more fun. Is that the one you've been been testing in our super secret private Slack? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. So I'm gonna have to go try to play with your bot. You're gonna have to turn it on again. Yeah, it's good. Well, I should I should actually deploy it instead of just running it locally on my machine. Yeah, well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, uh, I've I've never built a Slack bot. It's How, fun. Uh, no, you can. Is it pretty simple? It's very simple. It's super simple. Very, I need very very simple. I need a Slack bot that. Uh, I'll I'll link restarts the, my the server. Project's called uh, the the project is called uh, it's called Fox, like after the Phoenix and Harry Potter. I know. I remember when you put that out there. I thought we were going to put gunpowder under the nope, nope, under Parliament. Nope, nope. Different fox. Yeah, it was less exciting. Well, I mean, you know, but it, but it's a good name. It, it is a good name. I like yeah. it. Anyway, so but it's fun. It's on my GitHub. I'll link to it. It's it's a it's a good you know because it's fun to go back to what 2017. Yeah. 2016. When was when were chatbots a thing? That was probably like 2016. Oh, long before that. Yeah, you know. You think. Uh, Everybody's moved on beyond to to something new. Yeah, like two thousand seven. Oh yeah. When did when did Hubot come out? The the one from the GitHub group. I don't know. Long time ago. It's been been a hot minute. Yeah, a hot minute. I have a topic. Okay, let's hear this topic. Did we talk about this already? Did we talk about abstraction already? Abstraction? Yeah. I don't remember. Okay, so I'm going to say. I mean, you probably have new ideas, even if which is which is uh that's my favorite insult from uh, my my teen years let's not let's let's not and say we did (laughs) all right is that what you want to do you just want to move on and not talk no no we're gonna talk about abstraction okay perfect i want to ask you a question here's a here's the here's the intro uh so have you have you heard this phrase all abstractions are leaky i think i've heard it i don't know where and it makes sometimes sense. You hear it, sometimes you hear it using the ridiculous, the the ridiculously inappropriate. That's a new, uh, that's really an impedance mismatch uh, between between these things. So I worked in electronics. Impedance mismatches are very different, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I like listen. I did not go through almost five years of a four year degree in electrical <laughs> engineering. To come in here to the software people to have you co-opt the term impedance mismatch. <laughs> and you're also all using it wrong. Okay? You're all of you using it wrong. I get that this is just old man shaking fist at cloud. But still, you're all using... No, stop. God, programmers are the freaking worst. Don't use refactor as a real word. Because that's not a real word. Ah, come okay? on, Keith Lee. Don't Let's not use, go back there. Don't use impedance impedance mismatch because you don't even know what it means clearly (laughs) okay you can't use impedance mismatch to mean i don't like this okay that's not what it means (laughs) this is this is not a common nomenclature in the groups that i I also also it's only it's only ever in relation to orms there's really an impedance mismatch between this and or with with the orm and the database (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough I have heard that term, yes, term it, used that way. It, it does not transfer the maximal amount of power because the resistance and voltage don't line up. You're right. That, you, You're right. Perfect. That's exactly... You used it totally <laughs> correctly. Can't achieve maximum power transfer. Uh, yep. Your antenna sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I, so I, I, have, I have heard that. I, I do tend to agree that at some level to with with the original statement of all abstractions leak at some point um just so because it's hard to find a perfect ab- abstraction okay so so that's interesting right the notion what is it well, okay there's two things here that i think are interesting one is the notion that all abstractions leak right 
Like that's mm-hmm. a statement that's been well. So that scares me because anytime you say every all, always right. the, those those autom- automatically make me go. You're wrong. Well, but that's part of the point, right? Is like there's there's this notion that abstractions that all abstractions leak, right? Like you know, like that's a thing that gets tossed around, and I think that's interesting to think about. And what does that even mean, right? And what does it mean for an abstraction to leak? And also, what is what do we talk about when when computers when you know programmers co-opt terms like uh, like abstraction? And and what does abstraction mean in a in a functional language versus object-oriented? I think it's more obvious in an object-oriented language because I feel like abstraction is is leaking whenever you either have to go around it or you have to get to some underlying data structure. Well, I guess that's still going around it. Whenever you right. have to get down to the past it to to do something that you need done, I I tend to agree. But I I also think uh, this leads people to incorrectly malign abstraction as like a bad thing, right? There's this nominal sort of belief that explicit things are better than implicit things. Well, but wait, everything we do is an abstraction. And that, you know, an abstraction is an implicit thing. And that's somehow like less good. Am I, am I off base in thinking that? That's the vibe I get from people. I, I, think, I think in a way, I think there's a, a little bit of, um, what do you call it? Uh, not Munchausen. <laughs> uh, but like whenever you have left, leftover horror from another project or another language, and so I think there's a little bit of that, but um, th- I think there is a fine line between being explicit and being implicit. Like you need you need that at at some level you don't want to have to add all the bits together, right, <laughs> to make something happen. You actually just want to call something that has a name that makes sense to you and move on. So you have to have, you have to be Im- implicit at some point. Right. Well, I think actually all the things that people like are actually implicit things. Like I think, and I think to typically- We have talked when, about this before. I, I that's right. Keep going. I think typically when people are, uh, when, especially people in functional languages, the things that they point to and they're like, I love this. This is the best part of functional languages, but also it should be explicit. You're like, well, that's, I don't know how you hold that in your head. Can you give because a good example? Map and filter. Okay. There, no yep. done. That's the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> map and filter. I mean, like, those are completely abstract things. Uh, enum in general, right? Like, and oh, because, yeah. and, and this is at the, so here's the thing. My, 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 my opinion is that there are a class of abstractions that aren't leaky. Um, they're mathematical and we don't tend to talk about them. And the reason they're not quote unquote leaky where leaky just means like whatever you ha- the hell you want it to mean just means it doesn't work <laughs> you know and you know again it's a nonsense weasel word that doesn't mean <laughs> anything whenever the abstraction doesn't hold right mm-hmm. it's because we're butting up against like the real world and in math you can control the world you can just basically say like for this range of values or you know given these given these uh preconditions or whatever you can like control everything Right. And so you just mm-hmm. limit the scope of the world to the things that you can build like an abstraction around. And also most most like most mathematical abstractions are theoretically interesting, but only really about themselves. They're not like, well, you know, like I think you need to I think you need to go deeper into that statement. Well, I just mean that like most of math is about math. Most of programming is not about programming or shouldn't be, in my opinion. Like right. mathematics is the subject of itself. Mathematics is the subject of itself. Like it you, begets you, itself. It's like a lawyer, you know, <laughs> lawyers make laws <laughs> turns out. So I think like a lot of the, and, and that doesn't mean that mathematical abstractions are interesting in like math men, like groups and semi groups and monoids and all this crap isn't interesting. That is interesting. It's totally interesting, you know, but I, I do think it's important to, to caveat these things with like, well, that's math. Like well, and, and math can it, be about itself. Well, I can it be about itself because it's so 
basic and fundamental. Like really a lot of what we do is, is applying mathematics where mathematics itself is like the study of itself. I mean, like you said, I would, I would, I would argue that very little of what we do is actually like true mathematics, but outside of like problem stats, which, you know, everyone only got a cursory understanding of in college if they happen to go to college. God. Um, but like, <laughs> it's, it's really just applied problem stats because, you know, it's all just cues. Just, just applied province stats. Anyway, my, uh, you know, I, I just tend to think that like the nature of abstracting things, right, is is finding the core of a thing, like finding the, the essence of a thing and removing it and building like a, 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 a notion around that, right? So enum, um, that's an actual abstraction because you've what you've done is you've pulled out the nature of what it means to move to like iterate over a thing, right? Mm-hmm. To 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 roll over some sort of iterable enumerable thing and anything can be enumerable right same with collectible like it's a way to talk about things that can be collected which is interesting like that's a fundamentally interesting thing that that idea of finding like a core abstraction is like very very interesting because that's what allows you to build systems that grow over time Mm -hmm. if all you have is a for loop like there's an upper bound on the interesting things that you can do. There's an upper bound on the interesting ways to actually abstract the essence of a thing out, right? Like you just can't have enumerable if all you have is a for loop. So how do you, how do you come up with abstractions that are more like enumerable than, than most of the bad ones that are out there? Well, so that's, that's like the interesting part. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I think practice, I think the, I think like this is why it's not math is like, you have to practice. You have to just like write a lot of code. Is this one of those things like it's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. Uh, No, I just think that like, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of fundamental things about the data that we deal with in our systems. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, As the data like moves through the system and as you grow a system and understand more about the data inside of it, you can find those things. And I think we should be finding those things all the time. And I really wish Elixir had a slightly more powerful way to talk about that because really all we have is protocols. Like we only really have protocols and they're just limited because they're, you can only talk about structs. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the thing I've been like thinking about a lot. Like, what is it? You know, what does it take to, to, to find these kind of core ideas um, and, and pull them out? And I think, you know, once you have sort of a maximal amount of data moving through the system, you can start thinking about what is the nature of these things? Like, what is the, what is the essence of these operations that we're doing? What kind of things can we say about these data? What kind of cross-cutting, like, essential things can we say about, about this data? And if you can do that, then you're, like, well on your way to providing really useful abstractions. Um, the other thing I want to like think about in this is that, or the other thing I've, I've just been, been contemplating is like when people say nonsense words like, you know, oh, all abstractions are leaky. Like what they mean is that encapsulations are leaky. They almost never actually mean the abstraction is leaky, especially when you talk about ORMs. Because like most ORMs are based on relational algebra, which is math. Like <laughs> there's no leaking. What you're mad about is that the encapsulation is wrong. And those are different things. Like the idea of hiding, you know, logic and hiding implementation details, that's a good thing. Like that is a good thing. And right. you want to build systems in layers like that, right? And yeah, if what you, you, if you don't you have, about, to, you have to write, you know, 40 pages to do anything. Right. And what well, and that's the thing is like those two things tend to go hand in hand. Finding something essential means that you can like then reuse it or at least reuse the interface for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really useful, but what people actually are getting mad about most of the time is that the encapsulation is slightly wrong or it's hidden away too much information from them and they're not able to get to the lower level thing. So can you right? define what you mean by encapsulation? So when I, when I talk about that, um, I just mean essentially yeah, implementation hiding, right? You're hiding complexity. You're hiding like all of the necessary steps that it takes to, to do a thing, right? Like if any given HTTP library that you used to make calls would be a worse library if you also had to care about um, the underlying TCP stack. Okay. Like 
it would be a much worse library. If you had to talk about like domain name resolution and, you know, uh, I don't, so, timeouts or deadlines. So those, those are what you're calling encapsulation. Yeah. I mean, so then, hiding then what, those details then, is then what are you calling abstraction? Well, what abstraction is not is like, oh, I put everything in, in an HTTP library and now I abstracted it. You know what I'm saying? Like in a, 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 an abstraction would be more like I have these entities and in order to hydrate them all, I have to call an HTTP service. There's like an essential part of what it means to be an entity in this system, which is that it came from some other place. The provenance of this data came, you know, is is some other service and I want to go get that data. That's like maybe an essential part of it, right? And you might have an abstraction around what it means to like go get all that data and hydrate it and return it to you, right? Or enumerable, right? Like enumerable is an abstraction around what it means to enumerate over things. Okay. I think I'm following. But uh, my, my uh, contention uh, is that most people, when they're like, oh, well, my ORM is leaking or there's an impedance mismatch, what they mean is I can't write this query in, in the way that I want to. <laughs> like that's all they mean, right? Right. And it's if, they, because, if they have to go down and hit SQL, then they consider it a leak. And it's because the layers are wrong. It's because like the layers and the encapsulation becomes broken because too much is hidden away from you with no access to the underlying mechanisms that you actually want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's where people get like these kinds of things. Like people, people rightly in a lot of cases consider this stuff to be sort of bad or premature. Like, oh, don't, don't abstract something until you have three. And what they actually mean is don't encapsulate this logic somewhere until you have three of a thing or like whatever. You know, like don't hide away this logic until you have, uh, lots of them and you've proven that you need it or whatever. Right. And I think that, uh, and, and I don't have a conclusion to this. I don't have like a, a, like a big takeaway from this, but this is something I've been thinking about a lot, like just for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I think you've ruined the rest of my day. Like that's what I'm going to be doing. And now I just, now, and now I needed to, to share it. Yeah. Thanks. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have an outcome to this. Like I don't, and in some ways I'm kind of looking to like, maybe I'm totally wrong about all this, which is typical. I'm typically wrong about everything I say. You should just consider, consider that to be truth. I think that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) But I think it's important. Like, I don't, I think, I think, I think making these distinctions is important because it allows you to talk about things that you like and don't like about APIs in this concrete way. And I think, you know, we're experiencing that a little bit at work, right? Just like we're going through these growing pains as we've hired a lot of people recently. And those people rightly so look at these services and they're like, what have you people done? Like, what is any of this? Right. And I think that this stuff, because I think this stuff applies at a system level and not just at like lines of code level, Mm -hmm. you know, this stuff applies, you know, across your entire organization and not just inside Vim. You have to think about this stuff and you, you have to build services in such a way that follow these same principles, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. to build services that are abstractions around certain things or like, that are that encapsulate logic, right? Like if everybody has to know intimate details about how a thing works in the system, that's a coordination point. And you have failed to design the system well because it means that now you have to coordinate. And coordinating is not a thing that you want to do most of the time. Um, it, it, yeah, that adds a whole lot of complexity as soon as you have to coordinate anything. Right, anything at all, right? And that includes teams you know, and, and people and developers and pull, pull requests and migrations and all this stuff. You've got to coordinate all that crap or systems. Yeah. You're in a bad place. You're in bad shape. Sometimes you do it because you need the like, you know, Bezos esque letter that goes out that says everybody do it this way or get a new job. You don't really (laughs) want to, you know, typically you don't want to act that way because that would make you a jerk, but also you, you know, you want to limit the times that you do that, even if you do it nicely to, you know, maybe twice a year. Right. Like, because otherwise you're going to like churn everybody's life. Right. So this is something I've been thinking about a lot and, and it's because it, it, it's come up a lot. Um, and I think other people are trying stuff like around this, right. Like trying to, to work out how do we, you know, like how do we encapsulate um, things inside of Elixir services, right? Like how do you put stuff in a module 
and then kind of have everybody like respect the boundaries of that module. Right. And like, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's interesting, but I think at a fundamental level, there's no amount of tooling that's probably going to solve that. Like tooling helps you enforce the design decisions that you make. Right. But you still have to make the design decisions. And so having a vocabulary that's actually well-defined and formed around talking about design decisions seems really important to me. I agree. I'm still trying to figure out completely the, the differences that you're implying behind abstraction and encapsulation a little bit. You've definitely put some thoughts in my head about, about how, to, how to design all this. And, and even, even at system levels, you got you to gotta think about it there. You got to think about it at every level of the code and at different levels. There are different like real world requirements for the type of abstraction that you're going to mm-hmm. make. You're not going to do the same thing for at a SQL level that you would do at an API level, right? Mm-hmm. For, a, for, a, for a server. Right. Well, and I, I just think, I mean, I do, I do think that there's, I think there's a lot of shared stuff when you talk about, you know, encapsulation and abstraction, right? Like part of the benefit of, of, of abstracting something is that you get encapsulation, right? So like mm-hmm. with enumerable, I need to implement what? Four functions, three functions, something like that, whatever four, it is, you know, four, whatever Well, you it don't is. have to implement. I think the only one that you, I don't remember. I don't, I don't think you have to implement all of them, but it's reduce, count, slice, and something else. Doesn't yeah, matter. There's one more. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's boring technical details, but you do, <laughs> you, you do the thing, um, but then you get this rich set of operations on top of it, right? You get this huge benefit for buying it, right? right. And that is a form of sort of like, I, 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 you could argue that that's a form of encapsulation, right? Because you, you just don't have to care anymore. It's like if your special struct thing knows how to be collected, like, well, I don't have to care anymore. I just collect it. Uh, collectible all listed collectible might be my favorite it's anyway. great right <laughs> you know and like I, I do argue all the time and i will continue to argue that we should all be using protocols like way more just generally right you know i have no advice for you on how to like it's, arrive at the right at the right actual protocols that's what i was gonna implement. say that's the hard part is coming up with like what the protocol should be i mean the only thing that's worked for me is you just you just build a system long enough that you understand that you sort of understand at a fundamental level like what it means to have these for these, you know, what are the, what are the key things about this data? And then you like pull all that apart mm-hmm. and you use like a bunch of different protocols to, to solve it. Um, because that's allows you to, you know, grow the system better over time. It allows you to maybe not reduce things. Like you don't, you're not going to reduce like the lines of code probably, but it allows you to grow that system over time. That's sort of like a health check. Right. Thing. Like it's like, right. it's like a, just a better, a life betterment thing. Right as you like move through the system. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think all this stuff gets kind of like a bad rap because people have seen the, you know, the classic Java structs app that had 10 objects, you know, deep of random garbage that they had to wade through in order to like submit a form request or something like that. Right. Like it's, you know, we've all seen that, that kind of terrible app. Look at but you going think, back to philosophy of software design. But I don't think that that makes <laughs> encapsulation bad. Like you want that, right? Like you want, like you don't actually want to know how the relational algebra SQL query gets put together. Like most of the time, like maybe you do, you can make an argument that all you want to do is write SQL queries. And I'm not necessarily going to like, I'm not actually going to argue with you about <laughs> that part. Like all I want to do is just write SQL queries and then run them. Uh, I don't actually want anything more than that. The other really important point is that, you know, you can't have an ORM if you don't have objects in your language. That's just a galaxy brain move. So that's also good for us. But (laughs) what you really want to do is write queries and execute them, right? And so Mm -hmm. when I talk about like, you don't actually want to know how the relational algebra thing works. I don't just mean like in your language du jour. I mean, in you don't want to know how the query planner works. Like that would suck. Right. Like right. I don't want to know how Postgres. I, it's interesting to know how Postgres you, Query Planner you, works. You don't I want wanna, it to be good. You but don't want to know. You don't want to have to tell the thing which index to use every time you do a query. Right. That would like, suck at all. By the way, if you're doing that in your project, you're probably wrong. 
moving like, on. <laughs> that's you know, but that's the kind of like that's the kind of encapsulation stuff. Like you want to hide that. You don't want to. You don't want people to have to care about it. Yes, you want to be able to analyze it and see because there are times where it matters. But most of the time, you don't want to care. And I think that like people people sacrifice encapsulation on the altar of quote unquote explicitness. And it's like, yeah, but if you were, if everything was maximally explicit, that would be awful. <laughs> like that would suck so much. Yeah. You'd be moving bits around like, well, you just write go. I mean, like, <laughs> you, you know, like you might as well just write go at that point. Like none of that's, I mean, yeah, you can look at it and see everything it's doing, but like, I can look at my Elixir code and see everything it's doing. And I can trust that like under the hood, the schedulers are all working correctly. And like, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's such a weak argument because you do, you remove the ability to, to tr- like to abstract things out. So when everything is maximally explicit. Okay. So would you say that. Or data log. Uh, data log is amazing. Would it you couldn't gen- have data log. Would it. It's true. But a gen server, would you call that an abstraction or encapsulation? That's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an abstraction in it as much as it's a way, it's a series of stuff, right? It's a behavior that you implement that does things. And the cool thing is like, you don't have to know what it does inside of there because like, it's doing all this other okay. additional work for you. It's doing things like naming the process. It's doing things like having all these like explicit callbacks that know how to, like take in the PIDs of like messages where it's coming from and do selective receive and, you know, yep. uh, do all this work, right? Like you get all this benefit out of it because like it's a behavior that you can just extend and, and like use wherever you want and for whatever thing you want to do. So that's an abstraction. Right. I mean, you also okay. get the some benefits of like it's hiding implementation details. For instance, it's hiding the selective receives it does. It's hiding, right, you know, the fact that it's like naming the process for you. It's Time hiding outs. it's hiding all of its, you know, all of its junk that it does that it just does that you just get for free by using handle call. Like that's a just ton of crap that is going yeah. on when you do that, right? And so like you don't have to care about any of that. Maybe at some level you do, but the majority the the vast majority of time you don't care you just do not care like how that works and that's good like that's a huge monumental benefit yeah like we want those things and at no point in time do i ever feel like i have to go i mean okay so once or twice but most of the time i feel like i don't have to go around gen server it's not in my way it's not a problem right supervisors especially like i don't think i've ever gone around a supervisor for anything yeah i mean and there's uh, it's always going to be you know i i'm sure immediately fred's going to tell us all the reasons all the exceptions to these rules and what and the experiences where he's had to do that but like and that's good that, that that's fine that's good. i want him there's to come no on and tell that. us come on fred <laughs> yeah we're we're summoning you now no i'm sure there's always an, a, a reason that you wouldn't do something right. Like they, where you do need to get down below it to the lower layer. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's why you build systems and layers. That's why you build, you know, everything on top of the next thing. Right. Because then if you need to go get access to the lower level thing, just right there, you can just go use it. That's awesome. Um, you don't want to have to care about that unless you do. Right. And so I don't know. I I I've just been thinking about this in front of a couple of different perspectives. One is like, how do you do this better? How do you get this? How do you get this right more often? And because you are going to get it wrong, like you're going to do abstractions, you're going to build abstractions, you're going to build, you're going to encapsulate details, and it's going to be wrong. And so I've been thinking a lot about like how you get better at doing more things correct more often, which I think is really the trick, right? statistically mm-hmm. speaking like you just want to be right more than you want to be wrong and you want to be kind of moving the you want you know you you want the you want the derivative to be looking good yeah um and so i think you know there's something about that i and i've just been, i don't know and to some degree i want to reclaim some of these ideas because i don't think they're bad and i think like we do ourselves a disservice by speaking incorrectly about stuff that we don't like uh, and trying to ad hoc justify it using, you know, big words. 
like impedance mismatch. Read a book, people. <laughs> I look forward to your very long blog post about all of this. No, see, that, so. that would be too much to write. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I can barely speak. One paragraph. Let alone, let alone write anything. Well, you gave me some things to think about. Go get a copy of Horowitz and Hill and look up Impedance Mismatch. That's all I'm asking of you. <laughs> it is an expensive book. It's an, it's, it yes. is a pricey book, but it's the best. If you it want to know really anything about electronics, you should buy that book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what Impedance Mismatch means. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Orms, as it turns out. As in literally zero, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to be uh, stunned when you open it up and you realize they're not, there's not an orm in here. You know that there's a lot of ohms in there, but there's no orms. You know that every ham radio operator licensed person is like, I know what an impedance mismatch is. Do you, th- do you think that that's the problem is that people, people heard ohms, but then misheard it as orms. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, that must be what that's about. I, I think, no, I think, I think it is that the terms get reused and changed for I and I, I think that that's fine. Wait, you're saying that it's okay that language changes and evolves over time? Blasphemy. Yeah, it has to be. Incorrect. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Not cool. I know that you don't like it. No, if you can't, I actually if you can't if you can't find it in your 1812 dictionary, you're like, nope, not a word. Yeah. Not a word. Ye all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeet is in the Webster's, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I have and no problem with lang- is I have not. no I have no problem with language changing. I have a problem with people speaking imprecisely about things when like if you don't like orms, mm-hmm. that's fine. I don't like orms. Like <laughs> we can have that party together, but let's talk precisely about what it is that we don't like because that's what's interesting to me. What are the things that we could actually fix? And if you just toss around a bunch of nonsense without actually specifying what it is you don't like, then you're just complaining. That's not useful. Like, that's not an interesting thing, right? It's like all the people on the Elixir forum, which is still the most useless thing I've ever seen, (laughs) who complain about Elixir not having, quote unquote, strong types. First of all, that term doesn't mean anything. And you sound like an <laughs> idiot whenever you use it. I immediately. What is the assume, intention? Wait, wait. What is their intention whenever they use it? I don't the know. Word? I don't complaining. I think because I clearly they've never built anything in Elixir. Anybody who complains about it because it's not a big deal as it turns out. <laughs> right. And like, you know, I just quietly sit over here building a real system that still continues to work somehow. Uh, and, you know, I, and yet. I don't have any sort of strong type. I mean, I hit this keyboard pretty hard. I don't know if it's strong enough, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. But, you know, it's stuff like that where it's like, well, that's not actually useful. In the same way that, honestly, you know, to, 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 to argue the other side, right? Talking about building open systems and about, you know, fighting against, you know, being a dynamic typing apologist, right? Isn't actually a useful thing when there are type systems, type algebras out there that are really good at, building open systems mm-hmm. like they, they exist, right? We just don't tend to use them and people don't tend to like them. Well, like, and I, I, th- I think the people that are complaining, it's they're complaining is more like, I really like systems like Haskell. I wish that Elixir had uh, typing. You like can Haskell. Leave. Well, you know what, Napoleon, <laughs> you can leave. <laughs> ah. no, but, but I, I just mean that like, it's not it's also not useful to to like disregard every language that has structural typing and be like t- typed languages don't handle data well. And it's like, well, actually, like structure languages with structural typing do. Turns out Haskell's doesn't have structural typing and, and it's the worst one, but everyone feels like they have, you know, it's like Haskell's like freaking reading, you know, to kill a mockingbird as as a or the great Gatsby as a 15-year-old. And you have a good English teacher, right? And all of a sudden your mind is open to like, oh, you're right. Look at all the symbolism and meaning here. And it's like, now you're going to, you know, you understand the world all of a sudden. Like everybody has <laughs> these emotional attachments to these books that they read, right? That's right. Haskell for me, right? Haskell's like, oh, wow. I like truly understand what it's like to understand types now and monoids and like, yay. But like, it turns out, if you want to talk about a language that deals with data, Haskell's the worst because... It, it doesn't handle any sort of structural anything. 
right? There's languages out there that do. We just don't tend to give them any sort of airtime, right? And that would be an interesting thing. Like, how do we push a type system that does handle ad hoc data representation? That's interesting. That's an interesting conversation, but you can't have it as long as everybody's arguing like around the, the fundamentals uh, to begin, like the, like, the, like the first order fundamentals. Right. Is that because... And it, it really, because, it, uh, and I think it's because people just complain. Like people just complain and then va- validate their argument using like ad hoc rhetoric. And that's not interesting. And I mean, I'm doing, I'm guilty of that. I'm doing it right now, but like, <laughs> I, I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I am. I mean, that's just how that's, that's just human beings, but it's not interesting. Right. That's not, that's not, that doesn't lead to an interesting conversation. I'm interested in like reclaiming that. Like I'm interested in figuring out how we make things better. Like what would mm-hmm. a, what, what would a, what would a library in a, like that allowed you to build queries and execute them look like an elixir that would that wasn't ecto because i like hate ecto or whatever like everybody chill out but just because like i think that's interesting if you have a problem with ecto what is the problem if you and have a problem we- with and if you have a problem with phoenix what part of it do you not like and, and you can't and, it? and saying it's too big is not an answer like that's not helpful you got to talk about the trade-offs of, of specific decisions instead of just stating something and 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 also the goal is the goal here is not to arrive at agreement right it's not to change anything necessarily but it is the goal is to arrive at understanding the other Mm. the goal is to arrive at understanding about why people made the trade-offs that they made and like what the point was and what they were trying to do and what problems they were trying to solve right Mm -hmm. and like not enough of that happens because, you know, you just like throw big words around and you, and you have opinions and that's not helpful. Like it's not useful. Anyway, these are all things that have been bouncing around in my head. As we say from our soapbox. Well, yeah, <laughs> but this is my soapbox and no one else is here. So that's right. I say I'm here. <laughs> no, this, I mean, is, no one... this is good. You, you've given me a lot to think about today. I do have to get out of here though. <sighs> Fine. Soon. Uh, I know. I missed you. We've not been able to be on for a while because of sickness and travel and sickness and sickness, sickness. <laughs> so it's it's nice to be back and and get a little more. But you know, I have some some impedance mismatches that I need to go refactor today. Yep. Good to luck a, into a less yeah. leaky abstraction. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out today, sir. All right. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Later.